welcome back to the Living Hopeful podcast. Today's episode is part two of seven, Walking Through the Desert's Bible Study, which is available to download on my website and the link is in the description if you want to follow along with me. Today's topic is about coming down from a spiritual high. I'm really excited about this because I experienced a lot of spiritual highs and coming down from those highs a lot as a teenager, going to so many different camps and conferences and places where spiritual encounters were like cooking like it's a really closed environment where you're really like sectioned off from the world you don't like it's like you're coming out of the world for a little bit because things around you are different and it's just you there for a few days just focusing on Jesus which is something which many of us don't have the luxury of doing working, going to school, all of that stuff. But yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this and I just pray for you that this would be insightful and that God would speak to you through this and that if you are coming down from a high, have experienced this or will experience this, that this will help you um, through it. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. Two, coming down from a high. If you've been a Christian for a while, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Going to a church camp, conference, or listening to a radical message, and all of a sudden, you are so on fire for Jesus. Worship for Him and feeling on top of the world. And then you get home, you get back to reality. That fire is out, not even a spark. You're right back to where you started, and once again, you're feeling distant from Him. This is a reality that many of us face, and I have faced a lot, as I mentioned, growing up as a teenager, um, and I remember always coming home from these times, and just reality would set in, and it would almost be like a weight on my shoulders again. Um, I would be home with my family, and, you know, normal family life would happen, and I would get really frustrated that the environment that I'm in at home wasn't reflective of what I wanted and I blamed my parents for that and my family for that and in my head I was like this is all going to be different when I move out of home, when I'm boarding or when I'm flashing or when I have my own place and I can dictate the environment that I have for myself and all of these forces aren't there and so I thought everything was going to be different when I moved out of home. But it really wasn't. Um, the like the the most recent conference I went to was in September last year, and I remember going and being like, okay, this is going to be different because I'm living in a good flat. I'm living in a Christian environment. I can really dictate the environment for myself, whereas at home I couldn't. And I was like, right, everything's going to change. Everything's going to be different. But still reality set in in a different way. It wasn't family dynamics or anything like that. It was the reality of study and the reality of work and the little things that I need to do and relationships I have with people that I put on hold for that little bit and coming back to that reality and being like, oh, this isn't getting any better. But what I've learned is that we dictate we're the ones who can dictate the future, we're the ones that can put in place things that can change that environment, that can change our mindset and that's 
what can make that change that's happened in your heart or the burning passion you have for Jesus stay alive even when you come home from camp or a conference or anything like that really um yeah it's just just there are so many forces and so many things in our world that are trying to deteriorate us from you know pursuing that passion of Jesus and that's ultimately the enemy's attack on us and as I mentioned last week if the enemy is attacking us it means that we're a threat to him and so that's an encouragement for us and it's more I've learned to frame this as more of an encouragement to me to continue to pursue God even in the midst of pushback and how hard it can be and all this stuff and to be fair I don't live this out all the time literally like this this past couple of days I've really just been I don't even know what it's been but I haven't been connecting with God as I would normally and I haven't been pursuing that relationship and I've allowed those external forces and stuff that I'm going through in my circumstances to kick me down and to cause me to stop pursuing God and to just roll into laziness and just giving into my human desires because I'm tired and I'm fatigued and I let that be an excuse for not pursuing God. We can let anything be an excuse for that that passion not burning as it did at that camp or not pursuing God like we were at that conference sort of thing. We can let anything be an excuse but we don't have to make it an excuse. We can push through and deny those excuses and be in a place where we're continuing to stoke the fire of our passion for Jesus. We're continuing to pursue him even when it's so tough. And as I spoke about last week, it's because God and our relationship with him and our faith is an of this world. And so, of course, there is going to be so much um, pushback as to why we shouldn't be doing that and it's going to be so hard um but we can do it and that God does help us as I mentioned last week so yeah I hope that encouraged you why does this happen why does the fire go out as soon as you get back home? Coming home from an encounter like this is a significant environmental change. The people are different. What you're being told, the atmosphere, the routine you had. Often we switch off from the world in these times of our life, not hearing the negativity the world is throwing at us or being consumed by the comparison of social media. Our environment has an influence over you. What you surround yourself with dictates who you'll become. So, if your environment doesn't change to reflect the change that happens in your heart, that change won't stick. Environmental factors have the power to change your heart for better or for worse. I really want to emphasize how the, the line in there which I put in, which is what you surround yourself with dictates who you'll become, and the environment that you put, in, put yourself with will direct the, the future. Um... I always think of 
just a metaphor of a plant or any you know natural living thing but a plant is easier um when a plant is in an environment which encourages growth which is you know good sunlight plenty of water um all of that stuff it's going to grow but if there's not enough light if it's in a dark room or a dark place if it's not getting enough water that plant will, will not have anything to support them to grow and so they will you know die um and it's the same with us and our and our spiritual journey our our faith if we are in an environment if we give ourselves things that encourage and helps us with our growth then we are going to grow but if we don't allow us these things then we aren't going to grow and also your environment can also define the fruit that you produce if a plant is in a good environment it's going to produce good fruit it's either going to grow more leaves or it's going to produce great fruit or whatever the plant's purpose is and it's the same with us if we are growing and we're in an environment which helps and supports us in our faith with god we are going to produce good spiritual fruit love patience perseverance faithfulness um but if we aren't we're going to produce not good fruit fruit of this world like selfishness and envy and lust and other things so we really need to be careful and we really need to pay attention to our environment because it honestly does so much more than you think um and it's the way that we can change our right environment is putting in place good habits and surrounding ourselves with good godly things um and that will that will be the support system which will support us to grow positively grow in our faith with god um and sometimes that takes drastic measures i remember um i don't remember when it was it was a couple of years ago and i remember feeling so like the voices in my head and everything that i was hearing was just so negative and i and i could see that it wasn't pointing me in the direction of jesus and so in a drastic measure i sacrificed listening to secular music and secular podcasts and any secular media and i only let myself consume christian music and podcasts and media movies tv shows whatever um and i saw a real change and i remember it just helping me to just be all consumed by god and not being consumed by the world and that was what i guess helped me and was one thing that supported my growth in that stage of my life and so changing your environment and being in a place where you are growing towards god may mean that you'll have to sacrifice some things and that's honestly just part of it but the sacrifice is tough but honestly it reaps such good fruit and it will do such good for you so whether that's like me and not listening to any secular music or whether that's i don't know not 
yeah, I don't know, just um, um, sacrificing time, which she would do watching Netflix or playing video games or, I don't know, doing any other hobby and just be spending time with God. Any Anything that you can think of, anything that's inhibiting your growth, um, putting in place sacrifices that will allow you to grow is so tough but so crucial and if you yeah so if you have nothing in place to support the change in your heart it doesn't have the means to become your new normal if your environment doesn't support the changes in your heart the burning passion you have for jesus revelations that you didn't like that you'd have the encounters you'd have with god it's just going to be a phase and it's going to fade out or who doesn't have the support to become your new normal. Um, I have seen so many people once be on fire for God and be loving him and be reading their Bible a lot and like just having this incredible faith. And then they just fade away. One of my, one of my childhood best friends I remember, because I've been a Christian my whole life, her and most of her parents were so were quite against being like against Christians and so she was never really allowed to come to church with me or anything like that but then when she got older she decided to come to my youth group with me and I remember her just encountering Jesus and wanting to have her own relationship with God and I remember journeying with her through that and I was so excited and I remember on I think her dad came and picked us up from youth group and she, he was bringing me home and I remember him saying something about oh this is just going to be a phase this is just going to be a phase for her um this is not going to be permanent and that's exactly what happened I've actually lost contact with her now um but yeah just just that sort of thing happens I've seen that all the time it's because their environment didn't reflect the change that they wanted to happen in their lives she was still going home to parents that were again against Christians and against faith it was so hard for her um she didn't have the means to to spend that time with God she didn't know how she didn't know how to better her faith for herself apart from going to youth group and going to church um but there are so many things that we can be doing for ourselves and for our faith that can support its growth um obviously spending time with God and um and his word and praying and like reading Christian books and listening to sermons and podcasts and being in Christian community and all of that good stuff will all support us to grow in favour of a more flourishing relationship to God. We are closer to him than ever before. Making changes to allow your environment to reflect the work God did in your heart is the kindling your fire needs to stay alive. When a fire is initially lit, it will only continue burning until the wood on it burns completely. With continuing to put wood on it, without continuing to put wood on it, the fire will die. This is like our spirit. We need to be continually stoking it for the passion we have for Jesus to stay alive. We need to be consuming ourselves with him for this fire to stay alive. If we resort back to old ways and fill our mind with negativity and things of this world, it's like water for our fire, causing it to immediately go out.
something that I've fallen victim to and I've seen lots of people around me fall victim to is just relying on the revelations and the encounters that they'll have with God in at a camp or a conference to sustain their growth. But that's only a couple of pieces of wood on the fire. It will allow your fire for God to continue to burn for a little bit but then once that once that that kindling that those that wood completely is burnt the fire will die down because it has nothing to feed off and it won't grow and so we need to make a conscious effort to continually be feeding from God having yeah spending time with God ourselves and not relying on that one revelation or encounter that we had to seek that out for ourselves and that is what will continue to burn that that fire of passion for for God and ourselves. What I've personally found is the more I spent time with God and the more that I've stored out God for myself and the more I've had encounters with him and all that sort of thing I get to know him more and that makes me more and more excited to spend time with him and pursue him because I'm learning so much about him about his character about who I am in him about the plan he has for me all of this stuff um and then in times where I'm not spending as much time with God I I'm not excited because I don't have that new fresh knowledge and something I've learned that excites me and I'm pretty sure excites most humans is just new new fresh stuff it is just I don't know it's just so exciting it just makes us want to I don't know continue I don't really know why we are so excited by newness but it's something in us and I have definitely found that in my relationship with God that as I continue to learn new things about him or about myself or whatever I am more excited to spend more time with him um yeah so we aren't supposed to rely on just what has happened to feel the fire we need to continually be pressing into God to put more and more kindling on that fire to continue for the for the flames to continue to burn yeah, for the fire to stay burning, we need new input from spending time with him and with his people. Um, yeah, we just, for the flame to continue, for the fire to continue in our lives, we need to be putting more on the fire. But I know we can't stop hearing what's going on in the world unless we're completely off the grid. So how do we stop this from ruining our passion? Our life needs to have a strong foundation in Christ so it won't crumble at the weight of the world. Matthew 7 verses 24-29 say, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because, it's had, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. 
So that verse talks about what happens to a house built of different foundations. This is a metaphor for our lives, and Jesus is asking what we are building our lives upon. Are we building our lives on things able to dampen or fuel our passion for him? Being able to have a strong foundation means being hearers and doers of the word, as that passage just said. When we are in these incredible encounters with God, we often make plans in our head as to what we will change in our lives as a result of what has just happened inside us. We are intending to be doers of the word, but this is all forgotten as we slip back into the patterns of our routine. We need to ensure that if that we are living out what we are be- what we believe for our foundation to be strong. This isn't easy by no means, but it stokes our fire. Yeah, we we need to build our house on a strong foundation, and that means we need to be hearers and doers of the word, and we need to make a commitment to ourselves to do that, to be reading God's word, to hear and understand what it is saying, and then putting into practice what it is saying. To be completely fair, this is something that I have really struggled with, and I personally doubt what my foundation is, whether I am like the house on the rock, whether I am like the house on the sand. I feel like I do, definitely do out, you know, his word, but like, you know, the main commandments of loving the Lord your God and loving the neighbor as yourself. But there are other smaller things, not, you know, small significance, but like things that aren't as much as much in the word that I really struggle to to do out and one of those things is not being afraid. Um do not be like do not be afraid or whatever is like the number one phrase in the Bible. I don't know whether it's just the Old Testament or if it's both Old and New Testament. But it's said a lot and so God really needs to emphasise that and we are very fearful people. Our nature is to be fearful. And for God to say, do not be afraid, is quite contradicting to that. So it's really hard for us to not be afraid. And I have personally been on a journey of being a doer of the word in that sense of not being afraid no matter what is thrown my way. And to be trusting completely in God and putting any fears that I have at his feet. It's something that has been so hard for me, but something that I really need to do. Um, and that's an example, I guess, of how we can be hearers and understand the word, but actually not do it. Um, yeah, what did I have here? Um, foundation dictates the direction and strength of your life. What foundation we have can dictate the strength of our relationship with God, because it can, yeah, it can dictate how strong we are coming up to forces, external forces and attacks of the enemy if we are built on sand being, you know, yeah, I have a relationship with God, but I don't really read my Bible, I don't really pray to him, I don't really go to church, anything like that. Literally, one attack from the enemy, boom, you're gone. Whereas if we're on, if we're a house on the rock and we have a strong foundation where we are, being hearers and doers of the word, no matter what the enemy throws at us, we're not going to crumble. And that's so important. And the question that I have is, are we putting into practice our revelations from God? Are we putting into practice what we are learning? Um, Whether that is 
through the word, through prayer, through community, any of that? Are we putting that into practice? Or are we just hearing it and then forgetting what has happened? Um, oh my gosh, there's a story. And I don't know who told this to me. It was probably Scott McCulloch, but I honestly cannot remember. But there's a story about um, someone who started the church, you know, quite a small church, blah, blah, blah. But they started this up and they preached the first the first week and they preached this message and everyone loves it and it's so impactful, blah, blah, blah. Um, the next week, the same preacher comes back and preaches the exact same message. And this happens again and again and again and again. And the people are asking, why are you preaching the same message? We've actually heard this like four or five weeks in a row. Like, change it up. And the preacher's like, are you guys like actually, like actually playing out and putting into practice what the word is telling you and what this message is telling you? Until I see change and until I see you actually doing what this is saying, then I'll change it up. And that was like, that story blew, blew my mind because I was like, we're we're so like used to being like bombarded with so much different content with so many different messages with having a new sermon every week with having a new devotional every week all of this stuff and we soon forget it and we soon and then that just goes without being input like without being put into practice in our lives and then what was the point of listening to that did we learn anything did we change because of it no because we forgot it um and I think in that way we need to be quite conscious in putting into practice everything that we hear and the revelations that we have from God. Um, and that and that means that if we're not reading our whole Bible in a year or if we are staying on the same verse for a week or whatever, that still brings about good change, more change than if we were just rushing through it. God doesn't want us to rush through his word and doesn't want us to rush our relationship with God. He wants us to take it slow and through taking it slow and truly hearing and understanding and doing his word, that's where change comes. This foundation also needs to be maintained. If we aren't continually filling ourselves with God's word, then the foundation of our lives will eventually become too weak to support us. Psalm 1 talks about how we need to have a deep we need to have deep roots to be refilled. Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stands in the way that sinners take or sits in the company of mockers, but who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit its season and whose leaves does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Growing roots deep into God is hard work. It takes perseverance and persistence. It means choosing to wake up early to spend time with God over extra sleep. It means saying no to doing what the world is doing, even though it's easy. Leading a deeply rooted life means having your life focus on him, for him to be the centre of your life. And there is a couple of questions after this for reflection about this devotional, which I encourage you to 
reflect on. The first question is, have you ever had an experience like this? Describe how you feel, felt during and when you got back to normal life. Is your life grounded on Jesus? If not, do you feel that it's a bit shaky? And the last question is, what can you do to stoke the fire of passion for Jesus inside you? I really hope this, that this episode encouraged you and inspired you and um, I guess, yeah, just encourage you to get back into the, get into routine of relationship with God to continue to stoke that fire and to have things in your environment that support growth in him. Um, once again, if you do want to download this um, devotional, the link from my description as well as the link to my website and Instagram and Facebook. Um, but yeah, that's all that I have for today. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time.